0: Welcome to the About Life with Joe podcast. I'm Joe and your life is about to get better. Please subscribe and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome. I'm so excited to have Sinead here today. Sinead is an incredible entrepreneur. She has a company called Social by Sinead and I have the extreme privilege of being one of her clients and she has really helped me in you know too many ways to count, but. Um, we're here to talk to her today about, I'm here to talk to her today about how she became an entrepreneur, all of the lessons she's learned so far along the way, as well as how following her gut has changed her course and gotten her to where she is. So welcome.
1: Hi, Shane. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm so excited to have you. (laughs) How are
1: you? Good. How are you? It's been a crazy couple of weeks.
0: It's been a crazy couple of weeks for sure. It's now this holiday season. So I'm sure your clients are just, it's busy. It's crunch time for you, right?
1: It is. We actually stopped accepting new clients just for this month. We're starting up again in January just because everyone has so many sales going on and promos and giveaways and things like that. It's just been craziness. And I feel like I grew so fast that now i need to grow my team um so that's our our goal for january 2022 that's amazing all right let's back up you grew so fast let's tell
0: everybody exactly i mean i teased a little bit of about what you do but i'm sure you do a lot more than how i described it tell everybody (laughs) so you're you're a massachusetts girl
1: yes yes the boston girl grew up on the south shore Um, and I went to school for business and the, I own a marketing company. It's social media marketing management and coaching. And the hilarious part is I actually hated all of my marketing classes in college and had no idea that I would ever go into marketing when I got older. (laughs) So you hated them, hated them. I hated the classes. I hated presenting. I was so shy. I didn't want to talk in front of anybody. Um, just no. the thought of presenting used to make me want to like make up an excuse to like not have to do it. And it was, it was, I hated it so much and I'm a completely different person now. So what
0: changed? Like, so you are in your twenties, correct? Yep. So okay. I'm 29. Yep. So you're 29. So you're in that, you're, you're wrapping them up. Okay. That's, yep. a, that's a solid <laughs> 29 is like the emancipation year. That, that's yep. how I see it. You know, 29 is like, all right, I made it through the 20s. I have learned, I'm sure you've learned a ton in your 20s. Yes, definitely. So you're stepping into this last year, almost like, you know, when you go to like a really great event and you go to a really fun wedding and, you know, sometimes the, the dress of the bride is beautiful and all of the, uh, the music is really good, but the food wasn't so great. And maybe you got like a table that wasn't great. Like, so that's like kind of your 20s, right? That's <laughs> the way. That's a good
1: description, yeah. Okay.
0: But then you're at the valet, like waiting for your car, and you meet your soulmate. Right. So that's kind of how you can look at your 30s. Is like your 30s, you're stepping into your groove of having all of that experience, like some fun, some not so fun. And just kind of stepping into this next decade, and you do have your soulmate, which is you're getting married, right? Yeah, yeah, next next September.
1: Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, I know. It's crazy everything that's happened so fast, especially within the last couple of years. So I used to work, I graduated college, and I worked in corporate. I worked in the city at a big law firm in the finance department. Um, And as I was getting started, we moved to Quincy, Mass. And there was a spa right down the street from me. So I went in. It was called Ireland Beauty. I'm clearly Irish. So I wanted to go try it out. And as I was walking out of my appointment, the owner came up to me. And she's like, you're young. You're Irish. You must know what you're doing on social. Can you help us? So random, so out of the blue. Um, And I definitely feel like I manifested that because Growing up, since I was little, my mom would tell everybody, I always said I wanted to be my own boss, but I have no idea what I want to do. Um, And even at that moment, I didn't know. So I started helping her, became more like successful. She opened up two more locations. And I just kept thinking to myself, this is so much bigger than what I think it is. Um, And so like any good idea, I was in the shower one day and I'm like, social by Sinead, like catchy. Now I like, don't know if I like it anymore, but at the time I loved it. I thought it was amazing that right after I got it. After I got out of the shower, I immediately made an Instagram handle, texted my mom, my sister, and I'm like, I'm making a business. And they were like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I just went for it and I went for my gut and I just knew it was going to be something big, even though at the time it was something so, so small. And when
0: did this? OK, that first of all, that's amazing. And yes, I could not agree more in the shower. And you're part of the Mindset Mentor Club. So you're. yeah, we're going to do a session one day and I'm going to I'm going to talk to you all about the things the techniques that you can do in the shower and the manifestation techniques that i do every single day and yeah you did like every good idea happens to come to you in that in the shower totally because you're not on your phone you can't be on yeah. your phone it's like the only place that you are just like with your own can think yeah
1: <laughs> exactly
0: um deepak chopra calls that the gap Uh, so I listened to a lot of Deepak, uh, not his current books as much, but older books. And there's one book in particular, and I believe every business owner should read this book and download it on your audio and buy the book. It's called creating affluence, the A to Z. And he breaks down the A to Z steps. And he talks about uh, the, you know, when he gets to the letter G talks about the gap, right? And the gap is. That space between your thoughts, and that happens in places like the shower, because you are not distracted by things like social media, which is a whole other I consider social media like a whole language now. like mm-hmm. it's a whole language in itself, right? Like coding is a language for you know, writing code and engineers and social media is like you either speak it or you don't like you, you're, you guys are ingrained in it, but me being a lot older than you, it is really, it's like learning to speak a new language. It's the only way I can describe it as a person who's 49 years old. Right? So for you guys, you grew up speaking this kind of second language. I know my yeah. kids who are, Yeah, I have a daughter who's 20, almost 20 and one who's 17. And they don't know anything else. Like they always spoke the language, right? Yeah. So Deepak says, when you step into the gap between your thoughts, that's when things start to happen. And you allow them And when you're describing your experience of how you started your incredibly successful business, it was
1: because you were found yourself in that gap in that moment. I never knew that. That's so cool to think that. Because now thinking back, I'm like, there are so many other things that I had manifested that came to fruition that were like, I feel like I always was like in the shower when I wasn't on my phone, that that's when I like had the thought that came to mind.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Do you have a dog? No. Okay. So I walk my dog and this is a new thing for me. I walk my dog Douglas, Two or three times a day really because he needs it but second and i don't take my phone because i try very hard to not try very hard okay and what that means is like i i i intend to get into that gappy kind of space mm-hmm. of allowing my mind to just do what it's going to do and just walking You know, for five minutes, six minutes. I mean, we're all very busy. It's not like I can be taking these long walks all day long. So I think what's interesting, and as your business grows, which I think your business, you work with one-on-one clients like myself, tell everybody that's listening what you do and how you can help them because you've been able to forget help me, you're a pleasure to work with. Because it doesn't feel like work; it's like chatting with a friend. Yeah. But you're all business, like you're a boss. Like (laughs) if you can get Joanna Chanis to commit to a Google document and calendar where I have to update, like you should be sainted. Okay, I don't know. Like many, many, many have tried. I don't follow a recipe when I cook. I can't. I'm like,
1: mm, I'm not gonna. Oh my do gosh! That. I didn't know that. You never came across me that way. Because the second I sent it, you're like, okay, I updated it. So that's funny because I had no idea.
0: Well, because I trusted you. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't do it right away. You, you eased me into it. You probably didn't even know you were doing this, but you were like, you can text me because that was my comfort level, right?
1: Yeah. You can yeah, I knew text that.
0: me. You. And you're very deliberate and smart about meeting people where they are so you can help them get to where they need to be.
1: That's how I see it. Yeah. yeah. Well, when somebody hires me, I want to make sure that they're getting out of it what they you know, asked me for. So if it's easier for them to text me and send me the content or the context, that's fine. As long as I get it so I can do my job, I'm happy with it. Um, and then maybe it, I have to do a couple extra steps to add it into the Google Drive so my team can see it. But as long as they get what they're looking for, that's all I care about. So essentially, I um, offer management and coaching. So right now I have two management packages, and it really is dependent on you know how many times a week I'm posting. Do you want Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of those sorts of things in different platforms. And then I'm also doing coaching. So I do a lot of one- on one coaching. Um, so it's like a one month program. People hire me. I get on an initial call with them. We sort out an audit of their page, what's working, what's not, and give them a strategy. And we work together for that month. And then I also am in the process of recording an online course,
0: um, which is coming
1: out really, really soon. I know I'm like, because I'm so busy with clients, I keep putting it on the back burner. Um, So it's just something I need to get done and just finalize. Everything is done. I just have to sit down and record the modules. But other than that, I think it's going to come out January, 2022. Okay. Well, that's
0: amazing. Let's talk about your gut. First of all, spectacular and practical. One of the reasons I love working with you is because you're so practical. You cut out the bullshit and it's very clear. You're a clear communicator and that's why it works. And you have an incredible ability to understand what I'm trying to communicate, which I can understand in my creative head. But I don't know how you get it out. But you do, which is amazing. (laughs) But I, I think the digital space, let's talk about that. And being able to automate as a businesswoman is vital.
1: Definitely too.
0: But I mean, we're women. So we're talking about businesswomen. being able to automate and give your expertise and share your expertise with a larger group that maybe would not have the financial ability to have access to you one-on-one can't work with you as a one-on-one coaching client but want to understand all of the tips and tricks and everything they need to know to be able to do it themselves i think
1: is the future Yeah. Right. I mean, the online courses are a billion dollar industry. It's insane. But let's go back
0: to your why. Right. You know, I focus. I talk about this all the time. The why you do something is more important than what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, I know why I started my business. So tell everybody your why. Yeah. I have always, always wanted to be a mom. I love kids. I've always nannied and babysat. And I want like five of them. I know.
0: (laughs) So no. I always
1: wanted, I, <laughs> I always wanted a business. So I could be a stay at home mom, but I love working. So I hate, I saw when I worked corporate, all these moms that took, you know, two or three hours out of their day to commute into, into work or, you know, you know, checking in with daycare during their lunchtime. And I just, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to be at home with my babies. So I know I don't have any now, but I'm getting married next September. I've been with my fiance nine years. We know we want them. um, And I'm going to be 30 next year. So hopefully, you know, it'll happen. But I just really wanted it to so I could be a stay-at-home mom. Okay, that
0: is so beautiful, so refreshing, (laughs) and so inspiring. And, like, people can't see it right now, but you can say my eyes are welled up with tears. (laughs) It is so unbelievable. I'm going to share my bestie in the whole, my best friend in the whole world is Irish and she became a nurse because she wanted to have the flexible schedule because she wanted to have five kids. Mm -hmm. She ended up having five kids. She ended up having the opportunity to never have to have to work as a nurse. She was able to raise her children, her, I mean, she still has a 10 year old, but she was able to go back to her work now and do it on a, on a very, very flexible volunteer basis to be able to help others do the work that she loves, but she was still able to raise her children and her her reasoning for becoming a nurse was exactly her. That was her why it was the same. Why as you? And I never made that connection. And for the people who read my book, it's um, she's joy in my book. That's not her real name. But her in, in the book, I, I named her Joy because she's so joyful. Um, but she did. And and I and I, I I'm like bestowing that blessing onto you right now that that <laughs> her life of five children and to see her dreams come into fruition be exactly your dreams, like may they manifest exactly how you want them, and you're gonna be able to raise your babies and still help still keep your, your business, which is huge. Like I've raised my kids and have been able to work throughout. And that has just been very empowering, especially if you're raising women.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think everyone thought I was crazy because when I had started the business, I was 26 and that was always my why. And people are like, what are you talking about? Five kids, you're 26 years old. Like you're not even engaged. And I was like, no, I know. But when I get to that point, when I want to have kids, I'll already have this built up successful business with a team. So when I am on maternity leave, if I, you know, I'm sure I'll take one, but maybe not three months because I love working, but at least I'll have a team that can help me that I don't have to stress about because it's not a new business. So that's why I wanted to start when I did.
0: And it's really nice because the women now are able to get your digital product, right? People, not just women, but people are able to consume your digital course and your digital product. So when you do take chunks of time where you physically maybe are creating in your own way, but you're not working as much one-on-one, people are still gonna be able to have take advantage of your expertise and your knowledge and your experience so they don't miss a beat well, yeah. you can step back and take care of what you need as a, as a, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife. Um, I always say, and I, I work one on one with, with clients. I always say you can have it all. And I'm living proof of that, but you cannot have it all at the same time. And I think that that's where people get tripped up, Sinead, where they want to do everything and they want to do it all at exactly the same time. It's the law of nature. You are mm-hmm. a mother. When you are a mother, your instinct is to protect and care for your child. That is your biological instinct. Okay. So, what has happened is the world has gotten in the way of that biological instinct. And I'm going to sound like the most old fashioned person in the world. And <laughs> here I am as a businesswoman of 25 years, right? I have a very, very traditional side to me. And all of the decisions that I have made in my businesses, I've de- I decided to sell a business that was doing $1.6 million in sales on a two day, okay, wow. I, I just up and sold it in 30 days, because it was no longer working for my family. And I'm like, you know, what? I can always make money, but I can't redo these kids. Yeah, Okay, And People thought I was nuts. Just like, you know, people were going to tell, but I followed my gut. And I think what's interesting is women put a lot of pressure on themselves to do it all at the same time. If I could go back to when I had Melina, which was 20 years ago this January, I'm going to tell you exactly how that went down. And I want you to take the story and remember it at the birth of your first child, because okay. This is the reality of what my mindset was. And of course, it wasn't this Me Too culture then. It was 20 years ago. I was a woman in a corporate job. I worked for a startup company, but it was owned by the Washington Post. So we had deep pockets and a lot of access and we were paid really, really well. I uh, was in software and I got pregnant. I was married and I was married for about four years and I had no idea I was pregnant. I had no idea. This is how busy I was at work that I flew out to a conference in Vegas. And I said to my husband, you know, come out like we're at the Four Seasons for God's sakes, like on the company. This was like a very different time. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he flew out i felt so sick i said i gotta get back to boston i'm dying like something's wrong with me and i went to my doctor my doctor's like you're three months pregnant i'm like what what <laughs> so i had just received this promotion and i wanted to hide my pregnancy because back then you did not have and i hope it's changed now i haven't been although i have corporate clients i haven't i i've been i work for myself so I don't have that pressure. I can take whatever clients just like you that you want to work with. But when you're in a corporate job, I didn't want to be demoted and I didn't want to be overlooked for my next promotion. So although you and I have never met in real life, I'm five three and a 100 pounds and I have been pretty much my whole life. So imagine hiding a pregnancy. So I would wear these yeah. like kind of whatever. And When I was five months pregnant, I finally went into my vice president. I was a director at the time. And I said, I just want to tell you I'm pregnant. He's like, yeah, no shit. I'm like, oh, okay. You guys know. I said, I want you to know that I'm going to come right back. I'm going to come right back. Don't worry about it. I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to come right back. So I delivered Melina, who is a dream child and has remained a dream child. And I didn't appreciate that she was a dream child at the time. I was just like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I said to the lactation nurse, you need to teach me how to breastfeed efficiently because I need to, I, I I need to do this in a way where I can I can work. I was so about preserving my career. And I looked at this baby and I didn't know what I was doing at all. And I was really frustrated. I was frustrated because I took all of my high-achieving corporate mindset into my family. And your family doesn't really need that. Your family just needs, you know kind of ease and love. And at that moment, Melina became my greatest teacher. She became the teacher that I needed, you know, at that time, you know, for, for, she became a very influential part of my life. And I did something really radical. That nine months after having her, I couldn't believe that I did like if you told me when I birthed her that I would do this, like, like literally legit, Sinead, my water broke. And I, my instinct was to email my vice president and be like, Hey, my water broke. I'm going to go have a baby and I'll be back. Like, this is, this was my my gosh. Okay. And I realized I was half assing my job and I was half assing my kid. And I realized I couldn't do a do over with a kid. So I made the radical decision. I went into the company and I went into 9-11, it happened. And I went into the the vice president of HR at the time. And I said, I know you're going to do, they used to call it riffing then, reduction in force, which I'm sure is like not politically correct nowadays. And I said, I want you to lay me off. I'm going to stay home with my child. And they were like, who are you? And I remember uh, staying home with her. I did it for, uh, my intention was to get pregnant again and I did with my second daughter, although I miscarried a baby in between, which was also very hard. My intention was to do that really well. And I understand that I had the luxury to be able to do that, so let's back it up. I had made enough money, I had saved enough money, And I did something a little clever in my entrepreneurial ways. And I had bought some parking spots in Boston.
1: Uh (laughs) I rented out. Yeah, I know. Very smart.
0: I was like, what's never going to be, you know, replenished here in Boston is parking. So I, I owned three parking spots. I rented those out and, and listen, I wasn't earning as much as I, you know, would earn, but it was enough for me to have the little extras that I wanted. And I stayed home with my baby. And that's, I think, when I learned the most about myself and I learned that you could have it all, but you couldn't have it all at the same time and that everything is a season and nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary and to enjoy the times that I did have. So when I had my second daughter, I would do things that I never would have done with the first, like, I would unplug back then we had phones in the house. I would unplug the phones, and when she would nap, and the other one was in school, I would nap too. Okay I'm crazy. So just <laughs> I evolved as a woman. And it made me much more successful in my professional life, having had that experience of doing being being whole in what I was doing at the time.
1: Does that make sense? So giving everything. Yeah. Giving everything. You're all of what you want at that moment. Yes. Not, and and not splitting time.
0: Yes. And then women don't have the luxury of, you're not going to have, you're going to have two babies. Okay. Your, your baby that you're going to birth, your first one is really going to be your second baby because your first baby is your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did not have that. I was working. I wasn't an entrepreneur yet. I didn't become an entrepreneur until my daughters were, um five and no six and four or like five and seven actually five and seven so i had a break in between i went back to corporate i had a break in between so that became my business and my entrepreneurship became my third my third baby your birth order is you have your baby already yeah this is your baby it's your first baby and you nurture it and you grow it like that first baby okay but Putting the things in place and your expectations of yourself when you become a biological mother to your second baby is going to be your runway for success where you're going to stay healthy. I, as you know, did not do that, Sinead. Mm -hmm. I, I was full force all the time and so... And I think that that's why I got cancer. I think that's, you know this, you know this firsthand. Yeah. I I was so stressed out all the time. And it's not like, oh, a bubble bath or take a walk or all of that kind of, yeah, all right. Those are temporary things. But I mean, I had put so much pressure on myself and then the aha moment of cancer happened. And then I realized I can't muscle through this. So I stopped muscling through everything and just shut down i slowed down okay and i got really clear about my why and then from there i started to do things even though i do multiple things i started to do them like holistically my children though my my daughters have always been at the forefront of every decision that I make. And I think that that's something that we need to dispel and put out there as women. Like you could have 20 clients, but if your kid is sick, your kid is sick and you're going to go and you're going to take care of your child that has a fever. That's just the reality of the biology of the situation. And I felt so much guilt about that and toggle with my kids. If I could go back and do one thing, I would undo that. I would say. I'm sorry, my child is sick. I'm not a brain surgeon, Mm -hmm. right? So if I didn't show up to operate on somebody, they weren't going to die. Right. I, I was selling pizza. Okay, come on. But I was like the pressure I had put on myself to be. The exemplary mother, and there's so much social media pressure around that. Can we talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, what do I you think?
1: Say? Yeah, I feel like everyone comes across as picture perfect on social media. But more recently, everyone is starting to come out and be a little bit more real. Like I've seen a lot of moms postpartum showing pictures of their belly and like the reality of it. Or there's this funny kind of situation where people will post like this picture perfect photo and you swipe and it's like Instagram versus reality. Mm-hmm. So I think slowly realness is coming out more in social But nobody wants to post anything, you know, negatively about themselves. You know, I I see bloggers starting to do it and giving a background story in the caption about why it's important to, but it's, it's definitely a newer situation. I think it's interesting
0: that the perception that I get now, is I look at this as a, uh, as a, as a woman who's raised women, right. And I look at it and I look at what my young women are looking at and what they think is, is expected of them. Like you're expected to birth a child and then kind of bounce back and look beautiful doing it and have like your perfect blowout, which by the way, I had a Makeup lash
1: just nailed on. Yeah,
0: right. And yeah, I mean, I'm all about looking good, feeling good. But the reality is that's not real. And having that expectation of slowing down and just being where you are and giving your undivided full attention to whatever is needed at the time I have learned firsthand has made me so much more successful in my business. And I mean, I consider my parenting a success. I not because I had a lot to do with it, but because I have two incredibly amazing women, I I am so privileged to have been fortunate to be their mom. I, I believe that that is my greatest gift in life. They drive me bananas, okay? <laughs> and there have been a lot of touch and go moments, but really empowering them to know that not everybody has it all figured out.
1: It looks like that,
0: but that's it d- yeah. it's just not true.
1: No, I saw a post yesterday, uh, I thought it was like two, two women in their late twenties and it was two 13 year old girls. It's just so sad how they look at Instagram and they think they need to look this way or be sexy or whatever it is. and, And then they post it. And it's, um, it's just so sad to me how some of these kids are growing up. Um, and even if parents try and, you know, not let them use apps or phones or whatever it is, they'll still find a way if they want to do it. Um, But honestly, I rarely use my personal social media. I think the last time I posted prior to my engagement was two years before that. Like I never post on there. I don't go on it that much. It's just really business and that's it. Cause I don't like being in that world um, of all that content that you see nonstop. That's just always coming out that you feel like you have to compete with.
0: I think that that's why your business works really well because you approach social as a business and the content is real. Like, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about like, if something is not real, whatever it is, it never works long term. Right? So you have this unique um, recipe for your success, I think, like looking at it as an observer, as somebody, you know, who mentors women in business, I look at you have a very clear why. And then you have a very clear what you do. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you have your own proprietary how you do it. Okay, so your, your why, your what, and your how, and it kind of just ebbs and flows that way. But it's it's real and it's authentic, which is why it works. So, for example, every post you do for me, we'll let everybody behind the curtain. I give you, you give me, you say this is a, a thought I have, and then I write the I write the words, and then you take the words and you Sinead them. Okay, and you make <laughs> yep. them shanady, which is nice. That's a verb, like it, you, you know our <laughs> verb, right? Like you, you shanade them, and yep. and that then translates to the audience. You've been able to grow my audience very quickly in two months. Authentic, authentic growth. Okay, yes, with engagement and people interacting and really because my mission is to be able to help and help women and connect women and you you understand what i'm trying to do and your authenticity and the fact that you're so real and you're able to post for different clients but it's always their voice how, yeah how do you do like what's
1: What's your secret I think that's sauce? the biggest challenge is, you know, learning the client's voice. So we do a lot of backend work. So I have four employees. And so normally when a client signs on with me, one gets assigned to each employee. So there's not too many hands in the pot. But we do a lot of research before we accept to work with a client, you know, begin the process with them. And we read back all of their old captions to see how did they speak? What words did they use a lot that they tend to normally use? We look at the website or any other platforms that you have. And the first couple of posts normally take some time. We send them to the client, review them. Same thing. You send us kind of your verbiage or your ideas of what you want for a caption. And then we'll turn it into the caption to make it sound conversational. Because I think if it's all business all the time, nobody wants to read it. And you're just going to keep scrolling because there's so much content that gets posted daily. You have to make sure it's engaging for them to want to stop scrolling to read it.
0: Mm -hmm. What would you, what advice, if you could go back, to your 26 year old self and you're getting out of the shower and you're texting like your, your board of directors, your mother and your sister, right? (laughs) I got that too. And if if in that moment, if, if what advice would you give yourself? You've been in this intense three years and you have been able to build this incredible business in just three years. That's huge. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like all the women that are listening to this right now that are thinking about doing something like you're their inspo okay it's different to see me at you know 49 years old but you're like you're like 29 you've just done this amazing 26 to 29 like unbelievable okay there's the majority of our listeners are in that age group right what would you tell yourself in that moment, when you come out of the shower, like, what advice would you give yourself if you could go back now?
1: I honestly don't even think I would believe it if I had said like, "This is where you're going to be in three years." Uh, But I worked, I still do, like sixteen hours a day, like it's insane. But I was just, you know, work your ass off to get to where you want to be and to to listen to your gut and quit corporate. I kind of wish that I quit corporate a little bit before when I did because I think it would. You know, the business was so busy. And to be honest, COVID blew up my business in a, in a positive way because all of these businesses now had to figure out how to sell themselves online. And so that's when I got extremely busy. Um, and I was spending my nine to five at corporate and then all my other hours in my business when I should have really just been focusing on my business. So I think it would be, you know, time management and quit corporate sooner than you did. And I think I still need to work on time management because if I have an hour just to relax and watch TV or watch a movie with Mike or whatever it is, I still am always like picking up my phone. Maybe there's a DM that I need to check or a client's account. And I just, I cannot shut it off. So it's still something that I definitely need to work on.
0: Well, you can shut it off. And it's just, you're just going to make the decision. That's really good advice. So what you're saying is you would have, you would have been all in on yourself earlier yes right yeah so i always picture and i tell this to all entrepreneurs starting a business all female entrepreneurs i've had three okay three businesses you go all in yeah you just have to put all the chips on the table and you have to be okay with whatever the you have to detach from the outcome i am a I very goal oriented person yeah. okay
1: yeah i think i was you know my health insurance, my dental, my 401k, I had so many great benefits at this huge law firm that I was nervous to leave it. And then I kept saying to myself, once I hit 5,000 a month, I'm going to leave once I hit 8,000 a month, I'm going to leave. And then final last draw, I was like, once I start making 10,000 a month, that's when I'm like, um, I'll quit corporate. And then it happened. And I'm like, holy shit, it's here. Do I want to do this? And I got so nervous, but I, there was no way I could take on any more clients or expand my business unless I left. So it was just it got to that point where I finally was like, you know what, I'm gonna quit. I remember calling my boss; she thought I was insane for quitting a job during a pandemic. Um, I was shaking; I was so nervous. But then once I did it, I was like, oh my god, I felt felt like so free. I felt, I couldn't wait to like really go all in on my business. Well, you followed your gut, okay? Yeah, 100%. but you did it with
0: logic. You had you you had your parameters and you had your goals, which I think is so vital. Um, It's it's great to have a plan. It is unbelievable to have a plan. Your whole business model is you plan out people's social media, right? So you kind of use that same structure to structure your entire business. I just realized that everything that you do for a client, like you had just then done for yourself, right?
1: Yeah. I guess I never thought of it that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why it works because you, you, you drink your own Kool-Aid. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I always look for that in people that i surround myself by and especially people that i do business with is they're not selling a product they're living the product and then they're sharing that product with other people like that's what i think that you do like you live yeah what you do for others
1: and well, that's exactly it with your mindset you know everything that you practice is what you teach too. So it definitely makes sense and goes hand in hand.
0: It's exactly what I do every day. Like every single person that I come into contact with on a day-to-day basis, or now that you work with me, like we interact on a weekly basis, you see that this is not stuff that I just say, this is exactly how I live. And so I never, when you do that, and I'm sure you feel this way, you never have to turn it on and off there's no right
1: yeah exactly no it's always just who you are exactly
0: i have this um there's this wonderful friend of a woman who's become a friend of mine who's i worked together on we're both volunteers for the ellie fund and she's started to follow my social and she mess. she messaged me um she texted me privately and she said okay you're the same like that's how you are (laughs) and i said cindy what else am I supposed to be? And she's like, no, but that's like how you are. And I'm like, you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's so hard enough to just be one person. I can't imagine having to be two.
1: I know. And I think it, it would surprise a lot of people because of all of the, you know, kind of fake personas or I hate to say it, but on Instagram, a lot of people share a different personality than what they may be. And they feel like they always have to be this happy, positive person on social. Um, and they, they don't show off any of the bad days or anything like that either. So I think your account definitely shows it is what it is. And this is how my day is going. And, you know, no matter what, you share it. So I think that's why people get attracted to the accounts like that.
0: I, I think it's really important, especially now, because I believe I have said this before. I don't know if I've said it to you. So let me say it because I think this is an important message For especially the 20-somethings, this is what I think you guys are dealing with now that is, I think, really hard, a lot harder than when I was in my 20s, for sure. Um, You live your life life, like your real life, every day, in and out. And then you have your life that's on social media. Okay. And you're kind of stuck in between these two lives, You're looking at other people's pages, and no matter who you are, I don't care who you are. If you see somebody that's posting over and over, like in your friend group, or maybe it's a peripheral person in your friend group, being like, so amazing. I mean, it's like this perfect life, and you're having, you're in a ditch kind of phase of your life. You're like, oh shit, like I, it's not gonna make you feel good, right? Right. Even though you don't know that, that person's reality. You know your own reality. And then you have this need to create this false narrative because you want other people to think you're okay when you're not really okay. And I'm here to say it's okay to not be okay. There are lots of times in the human experience that you just are not okay. And it's how you get through those times that will build your future okay there's there's the existence of opposites you can't have good without bad you can't have life without death you can't have rich without poor there are the opposite values right so you can't be happy all the freaking time and social media is exactly that it is the 0.5% of life that we see with filters. I mean, what did I say to you before we even got in this conversation, we had a business talk, and I was like, Sinead, before we talk about anything else, like they got rid of my my like fam- my favorite filter, like where is it on Instagram?" You're like, "I'll find it for you."
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I remember even like when I was dating Mike since I was 20. I'm 29 now. So it's been a long time. But when I was like 25, 26, everybody was getting engaged, everybody. And so He's a state trooper. He wanted to get through the Academy first. He wanted to get hit to his goal of where he wanted to be before he went and bought a ring and all of that kind of stuff. But I used to get so annoyed every weekend looking at Facebook and Instagram. I just stopped looking. Cause I'm like, you know, like you don't want to put that pressure on yourself. I'm like, we've been dating longer than that. I should have a ring by now. Like you put all these thoughts in your head, but reality is you will get it when you're supposed to get it. Um, And so even if I'd gotten it two years prior, it would have been COVID. So I wouldn't have been able to plan a wedding. And we're getting married in Ireland where all my family lives. um, And so there's no way I would have been able to plan it. So I, I truly think I got it when I was supposed to get it. And I just stopped focusing on everybody on social, pushing what they were doing and feeling the need that I had to be at that point in my life too.
0: So that's a really beautiful point. And let's talk about that because this is an important message for everybody to hear. So you're saying trust the timing. Yes. So I I think for
1: personally and my business, definitely, it's always worked out that way.
0: But that is the law of nature. We just go against it. Like, yeah, the timing of when things happen is you have to trust that that is the best possible scenario for you, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Um, So let's say you did get engaged, you know, at a different time, which we all know didn't happen, right? But let's say you did. You would have been reeling in all of that pandemic disappointment over, maybe you would have kind of gotten married, you know, four or five people and not not had the dream wedding that you are now planning.
1: Right. And I, I definitely think it worked out the way it was supposed to and for the best.
0: Always. And I know this in every single situation that time we have to trust the timing and your life ends up. And I talk about this a lot in the methodology that I teach and and in a mindset mentor is you are when people are like unhappy with where they are in their life. They can't get to the next place because they're creating resistance, right? So my, my dismiss, like my disclaimer there and how to take the pressure off is where you are in this moment is exactly where you need to be because it's indeed where you are. So once you accept where you are, you can get anywhere from there. But if you are not happy with where you are, you will never be able to get to where you want to go. And so you say, okay, Joanna, well, how am I supposed to be happy about losing a client? Or how am I supposed to be happy uh, about, you know, this disappointment or, How, Joanna, you know, am I supposed to do that? And I'm here to say, if I were able, I'm not saying you have to be happy about it. I'm saying you need to accept it. I mean, there's no freaking way on God's green earth that you can be happy about getting cancer. Believe me. Right. But what it taught me and was that I had to accept something for the first time in my life that I didn't want to accept. And from there, that was the magic, like the wow moment. And I was able to move through it and heal. And I realized like, well, what if I applied this to every single time in quotations in my life where I didn't think I was supposed to be where I was supposed to be? And I just accepted where I was. And then I could get to where I needed to go. And when I started to do that and trust the timing, Really, those two things that I hadn't really connected them until now that you said that, like the surrendering in the first step you know, of acceptance and then moving to authentic gratitude and moving through a situation, my three-step methodology, really is about trusting the timing. And until you said that today, I never really kind of connected the, the two of those. Like, You need to trust the timing because there's things that we don't see that we don't understand the whole picture. So we think we want something and it's not the right time because we're not able to, we wouldn't really get what we wanted if we got it in the time right. that we wanted it in.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. That's hmm. funny you said, and I actually just started reading this book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. F? Yeah. And yeah, I didn't know if I'm gonna swear on the podcast. You can swear on here, I, yeah. I started reading it and I was like, oh my God, I need to apply this to my life more because I was such a people pleaser. I was so shy and quiet. Like I had said in college, I hated presenting. And now my whole life is Zoom calls, presentations, meeting with clients. I'm constantly talking and I'm a completely different person than I was even at 26 when I started the business because I had to come out of my shell. Um, And so I remember the first podcast I did, the first presentation, I was shaking. I would break out in hives. And I was like, I I can't do this. I can't do this. But I think it came to me at the right time because I had to learn how to adapt to that and and to do that more because there were so many more phone calls and presentations coming my way that I didn't know about.
0: So do you think that getting out of your comfort zone there and doing something, you literally, what you feared the most is exactly what happened, right? Like the public speaking (laughs) and all that, right? Literally. So whatever we... Focus our energy on Sinead, whether it's positive or negative, will always happen. Okay. So you were like, I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's no different than saying, I love it. I love it. I love it. Bring it to me. Same thing. It's still going to arrive, whether it's in a beautiful package because you've expected it, or it's like, shit, it's on the floor. And it's like, (laughs) here it is. So I think the difference between turning it into a success story and a life like you did and people that sit and sulk in it and they have this defeated, that's the difference. It's the mindset that you followed your gut and you believed in yourself and in your vision and you wanted your why bad enough to overcome your fear of failure really. That's all everybody's afraid of,
1: right? Yeah. They're afraid to fail. Especially when I quit corporate, I was like, oh my God, this business better not fail. I can't mess up. I need more clients. I was so nervous. Um, but I think you know, it worked out for the best. I, one of the things I do every year is I make a vision board. Mm-hmm. So I think that really helps me. I'm not kidding. Every single thing I've ever put on that vision board has come true. I, um, I, and so, I'm a vision boarder myself. I mean, yeah, we should do that with the Mindset Mentor Club for We should do a vision. Oh, we'll do that in January. Yeah, like a goal setting.
0: We'll do the goal setting and oh, we will definitely do that. And I will create my I will share my vision board and what I have on there. I will tell you what has been uh, really, really um, crazy. and It's not even crazy. It just works like whatever you give attention to happens. And I think that getting comfortable with failure is something that i want to empower you and every woman listening to this every person listening to this everybody in mindset mentor every woman that i come into contact with like it's easy for you guys to see joe the finished product like the labutens the car the life the this that, i'll tell you all of that is bullshit okay there were so many failures, so many failures along the way. And I will tell you a lot of successes too, but I did not learn as much from my successes that I did from my failures. The whole Mm -hmm. principle of everything that I do in my business today, and one of my very biggest, most prominent clients, all my clients are prominent, but a prominent client, came from a business startup, which people would consider a failure in terms, that laid the foundation for everything I'm able to do now. And I remember at the time, you know, when you're in it, it's so painful and you're like, why is this happening? I always say to my clients, don't, when you're in the shit, don't try to figure out why. You're not gonna figure out why until later accept it you have to accept oh, it that's surrender. interesting yeah okay. if you get stuck into the why you'll you'll get like sucked in and it'll become a negative experience i was able to take a proof of concept a, a company that i started from scratch boom bootstrapped all the nine yards and i i lost it i lost the company because i invested it with a technology partner that ended up being fraudulent Oh, no. Okay. I write about this in my book a little bit. Because I was able to recover emotionally from that, I knew it would come back to me in bigger ways. I don't know why, Sinead, but I knew. I trusted my gut. And I forgave myself, and I was able to move on. I'll tell you, I recouped not only my investment, but it laid the whole foundation strategy. Everything I do in my business today, Okay, how I vet people, how I work with people, what uh, investments I make, all of that. It changed the trajectory of who I was as a businesswoman. And if I didn't have that quote unquote failure, okay, I live, I think one of my superpowers is that I live very comfortably with failure. And any sort of successful, I mean, do you follow Sarah Blakely, the Spanish? Oh, I love her. Yeah.
1: So, so, so and she she's so real. She's so real on her social media. I love her so much.
0: She is unbelievable, right? Or you yeah. follow Jamie Lynn Kerna from IT Cosmetics. Like yep. these women, all they do is talk about failure, okay? And they talk about their successes. Like, yeah, okay, we know you end up how many years later, but they're like, talk about their failures. And I think getting comfortable with failures and being in a space where you can say, yeah, I made a mistake. And this is what I learned from it. Don't try to figure out your why when your mistake is happening. Allow it to happen. Okay, stay true to your why. Just stay true to yourself and stay true to who you are and in your roots and forgive yourself when 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 things get don't go the way that you think that they're going to go because there's something better coming. Always.
1: Oh, I love that. That's funny cuz obviously within the business things have gotten not gone the way I've wanted sometimes, but I never really thought about that way. I I definitely would dwell on it for like a couple of days and then I get over it cuz I'm so busy with everything else, but I'll have to think of that on like day 1 from now on if things come up so I don't dwell on it for a few days.
0: Yeah, don't give it the time. Don't, you know, yeah. if, if it's if it's happened and there's nothing you can do about it, it was meant to happen. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when you're in it, you can't see it. So I always find the most effective technique and in, in my business and my parenting and my relationships and my anything is for me to remove myself from the situation and not try to triage at that moment, okay? And then looking at it, reflecting on, on it, at, a lot of times I'll just, after my meditation, it will just come to me. I meditate twice a day, 20 minutes a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, it'll be revealed to me. It's no different, like once you let things go, they come to you the way that they're supposed to. You have to trust the timing and the process. So, so, all right, this has been amazing. I think a lot of people are gonna learn so much from you and so much from your bravery, your courage, your experience and your expertise. Um, Where can people find you? How can they connect with you? (laughs)
1: Um, So you can find me on Instagram at social by Sinead and it's S I N E A D um, or social by Sinead.com. Okay. And if anybody is interested, and working with
0: Sinead or looking or, or please let us know when your course, follow her so you know
1: when the course is live <laughs> because I, I'm so January. Excited. I promise January. That's my goal and I have to hit it. I'm going to hit it. Well, you and I
0: can work on that together
1: offline. But yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. It was so fun.